Yeah, the, the pearl of great price. Uh, it's such an important uh, little part to understand. Because um, it, that's like, what is the kingdom like was the question on what is the pearl of great, great price? Like, so what is that? What does it mean, pearl of great price? And it is, Jesus said it's like somebody that walked and saw a great treasure in a field and he saw it and so he saw the treasure he saw what it meant and then he gladly sold everything that he had so he gave up his entire livelihood his entire life he traded to have the land that this was in so Christianity is like that the kingdom of God is like that piece of land with a prize on the inside that's hidden now, it's possible for us to see the land, and everybody seems to be quite excited about buying, buying this land. Think about the other people around the guy. Here's this piece of land that's been for sale for years. Nobody wants it. And he sells everything he has, and he buys it. And everybody's going, what is he doing? Why is he doing this? But hey, there must be something there in that area. It must be worth a lot. Somebody's going to build a shopping center next to this. And they all go and they sell all their possessions and buy the land next to it. But it's arid and there's nothing growing in it. He got the one with the prize. And they got land that's worthless. Because they bought the land next door without a prize. And Christianity could be like that. The kingdom could be like that. If you just buy the land and you don't see the prize, the cost would be too high. And that's the kingdom is like that. We have to see the prize. The prize is Jesus. The prize is what God has done for us. And then it's actually incredible to give up our lives. Um, so this morning, what was the other scripture you did? was Acts 2. Um, and it's like, it, he said like, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And then Acts 2, 42 to 47 happens, or 49 happens. And the, and the church is born out of that. What is it that they heard? I thought that when you said that. They heard this and they were cut to the heart. What did they hear? Well, Peter got up and he told the Jewish people, you guys killed Jesus. You, you just killed God. That's what he told them. He's like... He went through the entire Old Testament scripture there in Acts 1. And, and then he, he got there and he went, guys, you killed God. You killed Jesus. The Savior, that Messiah that you've been waiting for, you killed him. And they went, no way. And they heard him. And he said, the good news is, it's God. It was the plan. He, he got raised from the dead. And he, actually, you missed the entire point that's what cut them to the heart, was that they missed the entire point and that Jesus was there to save them and that they had to surrender their lives. So, that is the prize. And uh, so this morning, <laughs> Psalm 100 is what I prepared on. Um, let's see if I can take it there. <laughs> Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. 
Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. So if I'm right, we don't know who wrote Psalm 100. I'm guessing it might be David. Um, I think it's one of the authorless psalms. Might be wrong. Um, but what we do know is it was written before Jesus. It was written by a Jewish person. And in the context that it was written, he didn't know about Jesus like we just heard. They were still waiting for somebody that they, that they didn't know what, was he gonna, what he was going to be about. They thought he was going to be a political savior or something. And uh, they, write, they wrote this. The incredible thing is that they had that revelation that we have now in full, they carried something of that revelation as a Jewish people, and they were born into it. So they were born Jewish, born into the nation, and they went, do this, praise God, glorify God, serve God, come into his presence with singing, and then know this, that it is he who made us, and we are his people. We belong to Jesus, we belong to God. At that time, we're sheep in his pasture. That was the context that they had. So, can I say that this morning with whoever wrote the psalm? I think I can. I belong to God. So, my kids have this favorite uh, comedian. And uh, he's got this little skit about words that uh, we use that change in meaning. And we just say some phrases and stuff. And they lose their meaning after a while. So, <laughs> what is that thing that he says? That's the worst. Have you heard that? It's like, that's the worst. It's like, so, you know, we don't have sugar for coffee. Oh, that's the worst. Oh, the milk, milk's gone off. Oh, that's the worst. What about we didn't have any coffee at home this morning? I so, thought, that's the worst. <laughs> Must be the worst. Is it really? <laughs> I don't know. Like some people had COVID. That's the worst. <laughs> or Monet, Griff, had to go to hospital and was admitted to hospital, not COVID related, and was suffering incredible pain. Well, that's the worst. Really? But we say things like that, and and it loses its meaning. It's it's it becomes. And I belong to God. I belong to Jesus. It could be, or my heart belongs to Jesus or God. Could be a phrase like that for us, because we just say it. What does it mean? Does it? Do we really mean what it says anymore? Is it really that heavy that it's the worst or the best in this case? Um. And I think we, we need to take stock of that often. Like, do we really mean that still? Do we live that with our lives? Do we actually give our lives to that extent to God that we can say that I am not my own. I belong to God. I'm not, he made me and I belong to him.
So I wasn't born that way. You, anybody Jewish? Yeah. Not, not because you think you're Jewish, because you were born Jewish, like your mom's Jewish. No, nobody. Cool. So none of us were born that way. No, none of us were born into the Jewish nation and can claim Psalm 100 on our Jewish foundations. So how do we get there? Well, actually Jesus says we used to belong to the devil. There's a sobering thought. And I'm going to back that up with scripture because that's quite a wild claim, isn't it? So 1 John. 1 John 3.8 Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. Wow. And then there's another one, just because it's quite wild. So John, what is this? 8. I can't read my own notes. It's printed. (laughs) You are of your father the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. Wow. That's us. That's the way we were born. Our father was the devil when we were born. We were actually not of God. We did not, could not claim that we belonged to God. Because pretty much these guys are mine. And I'm their father. Like, Luke, I am your father. <laughs> so, and that's really, isn't that uh, Darth Vader? Darth Vader claims ownership of Luke. He goes, Luke, I am your father. He's got, he's got a legal claim to him by saying that. And the devil had a legal claim on us. And Jesus acknowledges that. But God made me, Psalm 100 says. Surely I can claim that. God made me. Like David or whoever wrote Psalm 100 could say, God made me. So, but an incredible thing happened. Uh, God so loved the world that he sent his only son before we even, before we even were alive. God had written your parts, Psalm, I can't forget which Psalm it is, where it's described how God puts you together in your mom's womb. How he knits you together in your mother's womb, your DNA strands, he's just building that in your mom. And he puts it together cell by cell, he puts you together, it marks off every part of you while you're being created. And he calls you by name. And he loves each one that is born, all eight billion people on this planet alive today and whoever was alive. God loves each person so much that he gave his only son so that he could make a way for us to join in Psalm 100. That's why he did it. He wants us to come to him in relationship. And for that, he's willing to do anything. He's willing to give himself for us. And in 1 Corinthians, he says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? And then it goes on and it says, For you were bought with a price. You, I was bought with a price. So God not only made me, he bought me. So there's a little story of a little boy 
that built a little model yacht. Some of you might have heard this. Built himself a, a little model yacht, a radio control yacht, and spent all his money over time. Built the yacht, lots of detail, beautiful little thing. And then he went to go sail it on the, on the lake. So he put it in the water, it waited a long time, started up the little battery, tested the thing, works great. So he started sail, sailing this little yacht on the, and then a big storm came out of nowhere and it blew it over the, the lake and it was out of reach. He couldn't get it anymore and it blew away and was gone. And then, a couple of days later or a while later, he walks down the road and he's walking past the second-hand store. And then, there's this yacht that he built in the window. Beautiful. He built it. And there it is. So he went back, got the rest of his money together, ran to the store, bought it. And he looked at it and he said, I, I built you, I made you. And now I bought you. You double mine. And that's what God says this morning to us. Not only can we claim Psalm 100, we could add some verses into Psalm 100. God not only made us, He bought us. And now we belong to Him. We've got a double claim. And then Psalm 100, if we can look at Psalm 100 again. Psalm 100 gives us a couple of instructions. It says, those are instructions, just by the way. It goes, what, do we, what should we do? Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. It's a third. And then know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So there's a reason why we can be that glad. Then, next command. So there were three things we should do. And then it said why. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. There's the reason again. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. God is faithful. He made us. He bought us. And he is faithful. And his love endures forever. What we do in response is to praise his name. Glorify him. Testify about him. And sing his praises. And he is faithful so when we go through trouble, when we get COVID and we're sick and our kids are sick, when we end up in hospital, and Monet is not in hospital anymore. He's got an incredible testimony of how I got out of hospital. I'm not going to tell you. He's going to do that himself. But if you hear that testimony, he is, God is faithful to do what he said he would do.